Good Monday afternoon to you. It's Tom, Chris, and Stan coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Glad to have you along for the ride. I know a long-awaited rain showers and thunderstorms and all kinds of stuff taking place this week. Chris, it's Masters Week. Why is it always rain on Dude, Masters all Week? All you see is look at night. Yeah, I know, nice beautiful pictures. Up. It'll be on a page in a little bit. It always rains Masters Week. It always cools off Masters Week. So it's it's, it's the norm. Um, like I said, now it was hot as Hades down there yesterday when me and Willie went. Uh, we were sitting outside. But By the way, Willie got uh, got to talk with John Daly. As everybody saw, I shared that picture <laughs> on our site. I don't know who was more excited, Willie or John Daly, but <laughs> John Daly was more excited about the money he got. So that's why <laughs> from he was Willie, of all Yeah, from <laughs> Willie. So, yeah. And by the way, if you're, if you're in Augusta, I know a lot of people that go down for practice rounds. They'll be down this week. He's at a, he's at Hooters all week, so if you want to see John Daly, go to Hooters and see him. He's on the back deck. You can walk in the back door. We're gonna to have to make a trip down there on Thursday. Probably well, I'm telling way. you, that's what we're, we're you and I are talking about, and there will be a Masters podcast from one of these venues, whichever one I can get that we really really like, um, like we've been doing in the past with Twin Peaks, and we're gonna do a watch party this year. I'm gonna get folks out there because I got enough people from Greenwood that are going down anyway. We may finagle the time a little bit. To see what we can do with see the rain, especially, yeah. especially with the rain, uh, and just see what what's going to be the best venue. It won't be Top Dog Tavern. Sorry, Anthony, <laughs> but it will not be your place. <laughs> so if you're still listening, I appreciate you thinking about letting us come down. But anyway, you you made your choice, and we made ours. But uh, it'll be several of the venues down there that everybody goes to: the golf venues, Twin Peaks, or Hooters, or or um, like I was telling you, Portside which is the old Wild Wings. So uh, looking forward to it. Will and I will go back down and do some more research on where we're going to do it. He's excited <laughs> about Masters Week. Let's just say that. He's, yeah. We may even take Stan Spivey on one of these. He wants us down there like three or four Three-ves. times this week. He's wanting a Thursday, Friday podcast, actually, yeah. which I make it, we make it see what you can have, one of the two. But uh, like I said, if you, if you think you're going to have Masters out rain, it's not. It's going to rain this week. Let's just say we didn't, it's bad, because there haven't been a money finish in a while mm-hmm. down there. You're right. And if it ends up being a Monday finish, that's the day you want to go because it will not be near as crowded and tickets will be cheaper. <laughs> oh, you will find tickets. If you want to really go down, go down Sunday and know when it's going to rain and then yep. start grabbing people's tickets. Yeah. You coming back tomorrow? You coming back tomorrow? <laughs> they, they'll give them it. to you. All right. I uh, also want to say congratulations to the Lander women's rugby team. They went undefeated, by the way, in the uh, uh, South Carolina State Collegiate Rugby Tournament that uh, took place down there in the Citadel. Um, I mean, they, I mean, they, they just just go undefeated. They dominated thirty nine nothing against the Citadel, Coastal Carolina. The first time they played them, fifty five to nothing. They beat Clemson's B team twenty six zip. Um, they beat the A team twenty six zip, and then they beat Coastal Carolina one more time for the championship ten to five, which is probably the closest one they had there. But. That's the coach we need to talk to. <laughs> yeah, That's a domination. That, right there. Let's just is, call it what it is. Yeah, and how is. long do you have? How long? How long has this team been in existence? Um, a couple it's years, been like long. four or five years. Maybe. Has it been that long? Yeah. Okay. It's been a few. I know lacrosse is pretty new, but I forgot about the rugby. Yeah. No, they've been around for a while. And then the women's uh, rugby team, they're going to be going down to Tampa, Florida this Friday. They're going to nice be ride. down there for the Tropical Sevens, is what they call it. Seven that's, sevens. That's nice. So they get they, they get a, a, an extra 
what three four days of spring break in the process of all and they're in Florida for spring break, not yeah. Yeah. in Greenwood. <laughs> of all things, um, and then uh, men's rugby. By the way, for Lander, um, they did pretty good up on Saturday. They came in the runners up spot, but uh, did fairly well up in Winston Salem in the SRC Seven series. That was there. They went three and two overall with wins over Western Carolina, Duke, and Wake Forest. And now they get ready for uh, uh, April fifteenth, which is coming up, and they'll compete in the SCRA or excuse me, SRC Conference Championship. Um, that is down there, and the Bearcats will uh, be looking for their second consecutive conference title to go into that. Have y'all ever followed that sport? I Well, I follow this because Ethan Richardson is yeah. on the rugby team. So. I mean, have you ever, like, gone to these meets and, and these rugby tournaments and stuff? I have because when we go to Savannah for St. Pat's, they always have the National Rugby Tournament there. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. These are some big, big boys that are pretty fast, like Ethan Richardson. And I mean, these guys don't care. I mean, they, you talking about throwing elbows, knocking teeth out? They don't care about. It. It's a rough sport, and it's just it's fun to watch. I wouldn't want to be there, but it's fun to watch. That's a good time. Well, you like you want to be in the stands. You just don't want to be on the field. Playing. You don't want to be on the field. <laughs> and every one of them's noses look to the left or to the right. They are because yeah. I mean that, that's every scrum. Every one man. of them's broke. Even the officials come out of the scrums with a busted nose. <laughs> And see, and then Erskine Beach Volleyball. I don't know if you yeah. caught it this weekend or not, but they did a great job. They got uh, wins over Florida Southern, and they capped it off over Tampa this past weekend. Some some good matches that were there. They beat Florida, uh, Palm Beach Atlantic five nothing. They beat Tampa four to one, or lost to Tampa four to one. Then they beat um, St. Leo five to nothing. They beat Florida Southern uh, three to two. And next up, they're going to be heading on over to Tennessee for the Beach Volleyball Complex where they're going to compete there over the weekend. That time team is pretty good. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit you more. You know, and there. they actually had that. That was the thing you get their website. I guess anytime during their fall sports stuff or you want to go to for your spring sports, either one, they have the little setup like Lander does. And you can actually follow that. I watched a little bit on my tablet until it came time for Greenwood Baseball. So. Yeah, <laughs> I flipped over to watch a little bit of local Lakeland, more more closer Lakelands to me than, yeah. than the beach volleyball. And then both Lander and Erskine, their track teams are doing extremely well. They are uh, overall as of right now, in what their first second year competing here yeah. um, as of right now, and and what they had a second place finish in the eight hundred uh, meter run. Joey Tyndale did well there. Uh, Catherine Thompson ended up fifteenth on the girls' side in the eight hundred meters. You had Angel Galen. Uh, taking sixth place in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, which is you know, <laughs> an event in itself and much more. And then the high jump, Matthew Hawkins, uh, came in ninth place, uh, going 1.81 meters uh, in the high jump. So, looking And your, t- your team and my team aren't doing bad either. The Gamecocks and the Tigers. The Tigers are ranked third this week in track. This is one of their first yeah. times ever to be ranked that high. They're doing well. Like I said, the local teams are doing well in track. The high school teams we have on are doing well in track. Um, and I think, wait, let's see, Miss Leland's the one that's going to Clemson, right? Right. She's going to Clemson, so. But she won her 100 and she did. 200 meter hurdles. Yep. And Gabby and ended up she broke, breaking the she record for Greenwood ball. High. Yeah. She broke Abby Lay's record, I found out, by the way, um, of eight uh, feet, uh, six inches. She uh, broke it by two. The record, and so. then she broke her own record. Yep. yep. So. <laughs> and now she's aiming for nine foot. Oh, good Lord. Her coach, her coach needs to be in town more often, let's just say that. Yeah, definitely. Just think of where she could be in exactly. right now if he was I mean, here every day. I mean, seriously. And, th- and think about where her being a sophomore, the offer she's going to get. Yep. Because she, she's just going to continue to improve. So. 
All right, so we'll get into high school here in just a second. Uh, first of all, we've got to talk a little bit about uh, the women's NCAA tournament as it went down. Uh, the championship was Sunday, of course. South Carolina played Friday night. Uh, Iowa ends up dethroning them 77-73. to 73. Um, And this was one, too, where the Gamecocks aren't used to playing from behind for the most part, and they got down early in that first quarter. They did, but then they came back, and, of course, late in the ballgame they did get to a one-point lead, although it didn't last but a couple of possessions there. But it they made it close at the end and, of course, had to start fouling to try to get keep time on the clock. And Iowa, the free throw shooting, you know, they hit their free throws. Carolina didn't, so you end up what losing the game. But uh, it was an entertaining game. But this senior class, I mean, I don't know you – there's not much that they haven't done in their careers. Uh, the one stat that still just amazes me is that in four years they only lost nine ball games, and two of those losses, one was in a national championship game where they got beat by one, and they had a chance to win that game at the end, and then the game Friday night. Uh, so that means only seven losses. That's huge. And, 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 and regular season and. Uh, postseason play that's uh, that's great the thing and i was telling chris about this too on the way in here is we hadn't seen south carolina shoot this badly though throughout the year i mean when they have had trouble shooting it's been against lesser opponent teams that that hadn't been in you know that didn't make the ncaa tournament Uh, this time around though they just they couldn't i mean it's like the basket just squeezed a little bit they picked the wrong day to play uh, the worst game of the year yeah (laughs) And we said that they needed that loss early in the season I, in order I, to get that done. That's what I really thought needed to take place, season. to know that they, they could actually – there's a team that could actually beat them. Um, but it was – you know, we talked about it the other day, and that was one of the problems I'd had. I'd been seeing that the lid had a basket on it when Carolina played the last two or three playoff games – I mean, tournament games. They just – they got behind early on those games, and I was like, you cannot continue to get behind like that. And they did, and this time it was it was unsurmountable lead. They, I mean, they played probably one of the better players they'll probably ever play again. Um, I like what Dawn did with playing the besties as much as she did. Um, there again, sometimes I, the only thing I would question is the fact that you've got those other players out there, and you, you either want to win the championship or get players' experience. I like to see the, the, the vets get a little bit more playing time toward the end. Yeah. She tried to work it into play, and I got no problem with the way she did it. She's the head coach, and they got there. It's just they had no answer for Caitlin Clark, and then, you, you know, what really bothers me is you flip the TV over, and it's like Sans Fabi said, LSU watched that game. They knew what they had to do. They had to run boxing one. They had to do whatever. And the thing we didn't do was, like you said, Stan, Caitlin got in foul trouble. And we didn't Continue. even go after her. Yeah, We didn't take the game to her. I was kind of hoping Bree Will would just get the ball. And when she wanted to stand at half court and play half court, just run over. Yeah. One of y'all is going to get the foul. Either her or, or Bree's yeah. going to get it by run over. Yeah. I mean, if she don't want to come in there and play defense, then you take it to her. Yeah, Try to get another foul quick on her. But yeah. um, she she's another one of those. I don't know that you'll – it's going to be hard to find another Caitlin Clark that does what she's done. Well, she's from pretty, an offensive standpoint. From an, yeah, I mean, defensively, and, no. And we said on this on the podcast last week, we, we brought out the fact that Iowa was like number 306 in defense in the nation. Well, it showed up Sunday. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> but in relation to the Sunday game, you go back to the Friday game against Carolina, it was a physical game It was a game that I don't think between the two 
between playing South Carolina Friday and LSU Saturday. Over the season, I don't think Iowa's had to play two teams that could play that type of defense against them. And they only have one day of rest. Uh, I think physically and mentally, they, the Carolina game kind of warmed down a little bit. Now, the first half of the – and really, you can't even say the first half, maybe the first quarter <laughs> of the championship game, yeah, Iowa was pretty much playing their little game. But by halftime, I think the game was pretty much over. I mean, I, LSU had the lead, and they built that lead to a 21-point lead, and Iowa did try to make a comeback and got it cut to 9, 10, 11. Well, they kind of kept to seven at one point, yeah. and then yeah. LSU had an answer for it every single time. Well, and, right that, and, that, and that's where it's getting later in the ball game, and um, a lot of Caitlin Clark's passes were flattening out. So LSU was able to pick them off at the foul line. Her bounce passes were flattening out, so they wasn't coming up a little bit in front or something. You know, things were just a little bit off. But she was getting—I don't think she would ever admit that she was getting tired. But she was getting tired. She was tired. But LSU—LSU—LSU LSU, <laughs> LSU made her play defense, active defense, where Carolina kind of let her play her little passive defense and not expend any energy except on the offensive end. So don't go, look, he, He's about to go down the hole I'm already in. <laughs> I'm in a hole with a, with a guy with an LSU governor, and I said, look, just send a thank you note to Dawn. The only reason you won it is because they wore him down, and if it had been cycling on LSU, you wouldn't have won that one either, buddy. And we we are in a – you'll see it. It's going to be pretty big tonight because I'm going right back after him tonight. He, he called me a couple of names I didn't appreciate. It's fine. I mean, it's, it's my account. It's not Lakeland Sports, guys. So you want to follow something funny the rest of the week. It'll be Masters Online, and it'll be me and this, this dude down at Baton Rouge. <laughs> I'm not going to give his name any credit. But like I said, LSU, they, they want all the credit for everything. They're the greatest team to ever play basketball. And they're not even the best team in their conference. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> they're not the best team in the conference. The other thing I think that LSU did that was really good is they had their big stay out of foul trouble, whereas Boston yeah. got into foul trouble early. Um, and even Condoza got into foul trouble a little early yeah. as well. And they you didn't have that prominent defensive stopper underneath the basket the whole time, whereas LSU did. But that, that goes back to what Chris was saying. <laughs> at those times, that's when you put Victoria Saxon back in the game. And put her underneath. I know Cordoza had to play a lot of minutes because yeah. of that, but you you do have you have L.A. you have uh, Leticia Amir, and you got Saxon, and you got the rest of those girls, and you, you utilize what you got. And for some reason, we Don was a little bit more wanting to see Breezy Hall yeah. play because, and I understand getting the young girls the what they need because that's how she's always coached. And I got no problem with her coaching style. I just felt like at that point in time, you got to have a little more experience on the court to know. Kaitlyn Clark's got three fouls. I got to get the fourth, no matter how I've got to get it. And I'm not saying go out and run over the girl from behind, <laughs> like a drive-by or anything. But if you got to get it that way, get it that way. And like I said, they got outplayed, but well, they I, they well, still not the best team in, in the SEC. It, here again, I'm not Don Staley, but I believe once she watches that game, and she's already watched it, I guarantee you, and she'll realize the most, one thing that I would like to have seen her do more of. Is put L.A. in the ball game, put Letitia Amir in the ball game as a point guard, guarding Caitlin Clark, but also attacking Caitlin Clark with her height and her length. She's shown that she can drive the ball. She's okay? a good dribbler, yeah. Clark, you you going to come out on me 
<laughs> are you going to pick up your third foul because I'm a fourth foul or fifth foul because I'm coming at you. I'm every bringing time it to I you. Get the ball. Yeah, exactly. And I may dump it off to Boston or Cordoza or Breezy, somebody out on the wings, but I'm coming at you. And that's the one thing they didn't do, but that's Friday's game. Sunday's <laughs> game, LSU, they had the answers. They knew what they had to do. They went out. They took care of business. Burger record. Wasn't that the high scoring yeah, women's championship 102, game? 102 and, to 85. And, yeah. and this was a beat down, people. <laughs> don't don't take it any other way. I mean, LSU owned the second half. Now, they pretty much owned the first half, too, maybe except for a few minutes in the first quarter. But uh, when you win a national championship by 17 points, you got a pretty good team. But we could see it coming because Iowa had not played defense all year. And what that, that goes back to that old saying, you know, defense travels, defense wins championships. And that proved it right there. Sure did. Sure did. Well, we got another championship that's going to be taking place tonight, uh, as yep. a matter of fact. Uh, good one. If you missed the FAU game at <laughs> San Diego State game. you got to go back and replay you, it. <laughs> really, you have to go back and watch this game because it was, it, was, it was good from – I was worried at one point that it was going to be a blowout the way that FAU was playing. But San Diego State, uh, you know, once it got into double digits, they would bring it right back and within two or three the whole time. So, I mean, that game ended in – Another buzzer beater <laughs> yep. to get into a championship uh, in the process. Uh, and give it to San Diego State. The, the little guard, he made Baker a tough well. shot. It, well. it was not a gimme. It, it was, and there was like two seconds left to go on the clock. He knew he had to get the ball up. And it went in the hole. Bradley will be the key to that game tonight for San Diego State. Bradley's going to have to have a huge game. He started out what? Well, he three? wasn't even on the floor for that. Yeah, for, I don't for the final. But yeah, but yeah. he started that game three for three from three. Yeah. yeah. So he had nine points right out after the tip, and I mean that, that's what really got him going. He's got to play well. He got in foul trouble. That was one of the things he did out of guard position. He got out of foul trouble if you're a guard. But it should be a really good game. But that's San Diego State basketball. I've learned that this year. I mean, the Furman game, yeah. same way. Just it got down low. It's physical. Boom, we win. Um, and like I said, both of those teams, to me, that was a championship game. I, I mean, I know Connecticut's got an offense that will score. And uh, if I had to pick, I'd, like I said, I'd pick Miami. But I'm going to go ahead and probably go with <laughs> UConn now and Danny Hurley and those guys because I think they're going to put up 90 to 100, and I just don't think San Eagle State can score that much. Yeah, only the second right. meeting between these two teams, uh, yeah. as a matter of fact. The last time um, they met um, – what was it, 74-67 in favor of the Huskies back in 2011? you got to go all the way back there. That's when uh, Kawhi and, and Kimbo oh, yeah. battled. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. That was a, <laughs> that was a big game, man. Yeah. But, well, uh, in this game tonight could go just opposite of what we're thinking. We're thinking UConn could score 100 points. UConn may come out and San Diego State may hold them to 70. They, you know. they play good defense. They do play good defense, so, and they're physical. Yeah. And you're not yeah. going to come in there and try anything with them because there's a team that come right back at you. They don't mind. Uh, they they got a good bench, and that's another thing about San Diego State. That's one of the reasons they play as good as against. They did some of the games down the stretch. But it's it, like this tournament has been the whole March Madness. Expect anything tonight. I'm serious. Yep. You might see a team go up 30, and then you might see them lose that lead at the very end. So – it, it, like I said, it's a, it's one of those. It's Masters Monday, but it's one of those 
March Madness Mondays also. So yeah. expect the unexpected. Should be fun. San Diego State is uh, the underdog, seven and a half points according to the bet books, uh, sporting books that are out there. Over unders one thirty two point five. I think that's you can need more points than that. <laughs> Give them more points than well, that. Yeah, Clyde, well, here. Clyde, Clyde here. That, that's a that's a seventy sixty <laughs> ball game though. Yeah. You know, and that's. I'm thinking this one goes into the eighties. If it, it the lower scoring it is, the better chance San Diego State has to win. In See, my opinion, the Miami team to me is one of the best defensive teams in this tournament. You saw what happened in that game. Mm-hmm. Now you got a physical team that likes to get out there, and they don't like to run. They just like to have fun and just stay in the 70s and 80s. I don't think that's what they're going to be able to do tonight. I think UConn, I think Dan Hurley's going to have that metal, pedal to the metal, as they say. And I think they're going to run them to death. And, I mean, once they get to 70, they're not stopping. You're going to have to stop them. But I just don't – I mean, I like a rope. I love his name, for one. Auguste Arope, Arope, I love that name. He's a great player. But, like I said, Bradley's the key, and Baker is the key to that offensive side of it. So, we'll see what they can do. Um, I, you know, I was kind of – what hurt me in the game with FAU was the fact that Golding got foul trouble. That's that seven-foot guy that he just stayed in foul trouble. Um, but two great teams playing tonight. I don't think – well, we know nobody had them playing the championship game. Nobody no, had this. No, no. Nobody had the final four right. Nobody else had anything really close. <laughs> Other than Willie, he said he was pretty good for the season. But, yeah, or for the tournament, but that, that's Willie. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I can tell you right now, after first the first day I was done. So, And then Gonzaga lost. And I was the only team I had left was Gonzaga. But <laughs> – I think it's going to be pretty interesting that, and it's been. I think like I like we talked about the playoffs last year for me for in the NFL. I didn't have really a dog in the fight because my Pats didn't make it. This time you don't have any big teams in it, so you're almost you're always going to pull for an underdog. And this time we can pull yeah. for everybody, because yeah. every team that still were playing were pulling upset after upset to where. There was there was no Gonzaga, there was no Purdue. There were, I mean, and that just makes it better basketball. I think everybody enjoyed the tournament a lot more. Uh, how about Kansas State? They get Coach of the Year and Player of the Year, same team. Mm-hmm. You know, no, they were supposed to finish last in the Big Twelve, and they they win the Dagblin thing and and went to the uh, what Elite Eight. Uh, really good basketball team, and like I said, it's just been that kind of year. It's been madness, and it won't stop tonight. I promise you, it won't stop tonight. You're gonna have something crazy go down in this game. I don't know what it is, but uh, everybody look to no, see what it no, happens. But the, the craziness of it all is this: the tip is like. Nine twenty six or some bull. I mean, you know, come on, people. Get the toothpicks out, tape your eyelids yeah, shut I mean, or uh, open. I mean, I know you're playing in Houston, but uh, yeah, it's only what an hour's difference. Yeah, so I mean, so. and this will be my my man's last call. This is Jim Nance's last call in basketball on the basketball, and he's at home in Houston where he went to college. I think that's awesome. Uh, and like I said, I've loved Jim Nance from the time he does. He still does a good job with Masters and. I hate to see him go because, like I said, that's the voice, you know, that you that you recognize. And, you know, one day you'll, you'll give up Greenwood and everybody's going to say, there's the voice of Greenwood football going. Tom Carroll. They, <laughs> they better get the Z right. But it, it's just it's one of those nights. The man's at home. It's his last game call. Um, I don't know who. I guess I, I got a feeling Clark Kellogg's the guy they're going to push to that spot because he and Clark and uh, Raftery's too old. I love yeah, Raftery, though. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm I, lo- I love his commentary, too. But he, he's, he's an older guy anyway. But I think Clark Kellogg's the guy you give it to. Maybe Kenny Smith. Um, but I, like I said, Jim's been doing it forever and ever and ever, and he's been a focal point of the Masters also. So I can remember being at Wild Wings in Augusta, the championship night. They do the game, and then on Tuesday night, here comes Nance and those guys walking through Wild Wings for Masters. 
he and a couple of the other guys, I'm like, man, that's Jim Nats. And he is taller than you think he is. This guy's six six. He's a tall man, but just a great voice. He's been a voice of sports forever. And like I said, it's his last call, so I, I kind of hate to see him go. It'll be fun to watch uh, if you get a chance to, but it'll start 9 o'clock. When if you can watch more than just a tip. Yeah, 9.20. <laughs> and it's then he'll be turn around tomorrow, real. and he'll be uh, on a plane to to Augusta. So. Yeah, oh, they, they'll be. Yeah, right. As soon as that game's over, they'll, they'll be. And the, cool, the funny thing is, the golf tournament was in Texas this past weekend, the, the Valero. It used to be in New Orleans where they didn't have that far to go. Now everybody's on plane, and we were. I, I got a kid. I kid with Willie all the time. You know, I heard a plane play. I looked down on my phone and it says Tiger has landed. I said, "You didn't tell me," because his alerts <laughs> come way before mine come. I didn't get that. You think that was really him? I said, I told you we should have went to the airport today. <laughs> so, yeah, we knew exactly when Tiger had landed yesterday. And like I, said, I didn't think he was playing in this tournament, but he is. And So, like I said, I shared a minute ago. It was he and Rory and little Tom Kim and uh, another guy in the practice round day. So, he and Rory playing together on Monday is pretty big. That's yeah. two big players right now. And that will be my pick for the Masters, by the way. Yeah. Rory McIlroy. I think it's his time. I don't think so. I like Scotty Scheffler, but I think it's Rory's time. Yeah, I like Scheffler better <laughs> than I like Rory. 88, though, we're going to get a chance to play. We do have a couple that are – this will be their last appearance. Larry yep. Mize, yep. Sandy Lyle. Yep. They said this is going to be it for them. Um, last call, as I guess you would say. But uh, uh, you got you know, you know got some new guys that are coming in, some new blood as well. Could uh, – uh, a newbie like Fuzzy Zeller did in '79 come back and, and win the tournament this time around. I'm glad you said Fuzzy. A lot of a lot of it's going to depend, I think, on the weather. I mean, it, it, you know, the older guys that have played that course a few times, they understand the greens. They know what the weather does to the greens. Some of these new guys that are first time there, they may get a little bit surprised. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I play this hole, and the wind's blowing left to right. Play this next hole, it's blowing right to left. <laughs> play the next hole, and it's in your face. The next hole, it's behind your back. And that's how it is. And, that's and, and you don't ever know which way it's going to come, and it'll change direction on you in mid-swing. I tell you guys, if you look at this situation, there's a guy that's won two Masters. Both Masters, Zach Johnson, one is in bad weather. Rain. He's not a big dude. He's yeah. not big in stature. But Zach Johnson, he's got two jackets. You you said you know Larry Miles's match, his last one. Larry wouldn't be there now if he had not just come from nowhere and Greg Norman yeah. blew up, or Greg Norman would have been the champ that year. Um, that's what the Masters is. Corey Connors played well this past weekend. I don't know if he won yesterday or not. He's a guy to look out for. He's Canadian. Um, Sam Bennett's the newbie yeah. uh, U.S. Yeah. amateur champ. So. And, of course, he'll play with Scotty and them yeah. on Thursday. And that's a fun part. Stan hasn't been able to be a part of this Thursday cast. He will be this year. And it's kind of like we're going to take – Stan's going with us this time, and it's awesome. Um, he'll get to see kind of like the way the Deton Carroll's treated at places we go venues. <laughs> they put me in the yard, but that's fine because he gets his place. He gets food. Uh, they treat him like a king like they should. But it'll be a fun time this year, like I said, even if we're in our usual spot. Uh, just watching it on TV because it's going to be raining. It's going to. I hope it's not what I think it's going to be, but I think this could be one of the wettest masters in a while. And, it's, and if the temperature turns, look out. But I, you got me trying to think of the young guys that I would pick in this tournament. Well, who was it that came in runner up last year? Um, you called him Goldilocks the whole time. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I know you're talking. Oh, Bo. And he's got another good shot. He, I mean, it was only his second year, but he does. He, I mean, Tommy, here's the deal: if you if you're a, if you're invited, you got a chance. 
let's just be honest. If, you, if you're one of these guys and you're invited to Augusta National, you got a chance. Um, anytime everybody tells me nobody can win this thing or somebody can't, I think of um, the one from Japan the other year that won it. Um, you give him no chance. Zachator, uh, I said Will. Will's out of Taurus. Yeah, yeah. Who won? Who actually won the next week at Hilton Head? By the way, to get his <laughs> but, first. But then you go back and you look at some of the older guys that have come back, and and you're thinking, there's no way this guy can win this. You know, got too many young people that are hitting the ball a lot further, and all of a sudden you look at the leaderboard on the last day, and oh. Okay, I guess he is going to win it again. <laughs> For, I don't think, you know, that would be like Tiger winning it again. You know, the other S, you know? the other S name that's been pretty solid all year long has been Jordan Speed. Yeah. Uh, but he, he generally plays so well in Texas, his home state, that he comes up here. and I mean, he can win it, but he's one of these playoff guys. I mean, he's, he might hit a shot 800 yards that way like me and Willie do, or he might hit one straight down the middle and the, the shot to the green goes 80 yards that way. So he, he's just not a consistent player, whereas Zelator is – I'm glad you mentioned him because like, he might be one of my fantasy guys. He's one of my favorites. That I, I, You just like him because he's about the size of a stick. <laughs> Cat got a 29-inch waist, man, and he's up there banging at 400 yards of the rest of these gorillas they got out there playing. But like I said, Masters Week so cool. I'd like to – so many things that, that goes on, like tomorrow, as you know, you go to Reinhardt's and Augusta right beside the Wild Wings, and you're going to have Buzzy Zeller. Mm-hmm. Crenshaw and those guys are coming in to get their Thursday meal, meet with the crowd and stuff like that. It's just a good time. And I didn't think about Amy Reinhart. I may need to call Amy and see if we can set up down there maybe um, and try to, you know me, I'll, I'll try to pull an interview with anybody. You know I will. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's cool to meet them because Fuzzy Zeller is one of them dudes. He's just hilarious. He's the one that gave John Daly his character because they were so cool. <laughs> I think the first time I saw John Daly, they, he had a caddy laying on his back. They had $100 bills on him, and they were trying to see who was the closest on the green on 15. He and Daly. Of course, Daly lost because, I mean, Zully was he was just a magician with his wedges. But, I mean, that's how Daly really made his name in the, in the game. And Fuzzy with that leadership. And, like I said, it's bad that they don't have a champions tour that they play there, an event that they play at Augusta National Schools. These guys are so good there. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I remember uh, Charles Cootie was probably in his 80s. Barely played like Jack now. He doesn't. Jack doesn't swing a club hardly now. He'll start the tournament tomorrow on Thursday, um, and that's always one of the things. If you get there early, see see, see Jack Nicholas tee off that first shot. Shot her around. I guess that's what they call it now. But like I said, those old guys they can still play. Like Stan said, and I'd rather to me I'd rather go down and watch them play than I would some of these the new guys that are gonna go out there and just blow up and let the course take them. The older guys knew how to play the course. The new guys let it play them. And that's just that's how that's what's happened to me, man. I let the course play me. Yeah. I hadn't learned how to master it like they have yet, but it'll be a fun time, man. It's a good week. It doesn't matter if it rains or not down there. It doesn't rain on the guy, of course, but and we may we may have some brawls out there between the live uh, fifty two you know, guys and all that, along with the PGA. Guys. I tapped Willie yesterday because I thought I saw somebody, and Willie went to smoke, and I walked over there to see if it was who I thought it was. Well, I thought it was Cam Smith, who will be there. Um, you know my feelings on Liv I do. and Phil and, and, and Dustin. and You know, they're, they're going to be favorites to a lot of people. I hope it doesn't come down to that, but here's the deal. It'll come down to what Greg Norman wants to have happen because he has no control over Augusta National. So he doesn't care about PGA or the sport anymore, in my opinion. It, Liv Golf now is like a rock show. If you like rock shows and you like naked women running across greens, it's Liv's for you. I should like it, but I don't. I mean, but 
those guys he's got there, they're good for how long, Stan, before they get tired of the – it can't always be about the money. And I know Phil's got enough money. He, he had enough money before he took this deal. Yeah. And, and he basically – these guys – to me, they turn it back on the tour, and that means they turn it back on the courses that the tour plays. And this is one course. They don't care how much money you got. If they don't want you there, they'll come up with a loophole to keep you out, even Phil Mickelson. He's a former winner, but, I mean, they can do everything in their power to put it. They put him in the last group playing with the, the, the person he hates the most, which would be Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'm not saying Augusta would do that, but they Liv doesn't have the, the money the Saudis do to, to compete with Augusta. And I don't know how but, but here's the – this would be the kicker. What if one of those guys comes out on Sunday hey. and they've got a couple of shot lead and hold it all day long, and then all of a sudden all these other guys are saying, wait a minute, you know, these guys over here playing this tour, they still pretty good ball players. Oh, they are. You know, they're, they're still striking the ball fairly well. and here, here's, They're here's, making a lot more money over there than I'm making over here. My yeah. problem with it, it comes down to the fact that you got guys like Wills out of Taurus and those. I don't think they'll ever go because they're not, they're not what I call lazy golfers. These guys are my age. <laughs> yeah. These are guys in their, their early 50s. Phil's 55 now. They need that break of not playing that fourth day. Only play mm-hmm. three days. You don't you play whatever tee times you want to play. They're, they're giving them the candy. They're putting a pacifier in their mouth for them, and they're letting them play golf. The problem is they're playing team golf. You can't do it at Augusta National. That's where I think the problem's going to come into play. These guys are used to, you know, we're going to use Dustin's C shot. We're going to use Stan's second shot. We're going to let Tom Carroll put the green. That ain't happening at Augusta. You're playing your whole hole every step of the way around. So it's really going to be the first time in a long time they're not playing team golf. Well, yeah, but they all still hit the shots. Yeah. So, they I mean, do. I mean, you know, and and – they didn't get to where they are today by not being able to go into Augusta and play well. I mean, a lot of them that are on that tour have won Augusta. Oh, or yeah. finished second or finished in the top five. You don't go down there and finish in the top five. I don't care what, what year it is. See, I thought he was going to make a point for me. <laughs> I thought Stan was going to say the reason they made it there because they played the PGA Tour and they were allotted the chance to play these tournaments, and they were, yeah. and they turned their back on it. I, DJ can do what he wants to do, but I, I used to be a big Johnson Johnson fan, but he can stay in Saudi Arabia or wherever they play these team golf or something if you want. Well, all those guys, they didn't need the money to begin with. Like no, you they said. didn't need it. But it's, it's – uh, and nobody likes change. We don't. Um, and but this is a change. This is somebody. This is just like when uh, what's his name out at Kansas City decided he wanted a pro football team. What the NFL at that time wouldn't give him one. Well, I'll start my own league. Oh, Lamar Hunt. Next thing, yeah. And next <laughs> thing you know, the AFL's born. And next thing you know, oh, well, we got the AFL playing the NFL. Oh, this that was the predecessor to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. So now what you might see, the, the winning group on the live tour, every other year or something, we're going to go play one of your courses and we're going to play team golf and we're going to take all these PGA players with us, the top four or five, which would be if you had four or five teams, say maybe the top 20 on the PGA tour playing the top four or five teams on the live tour. And then the next year you come back and you play in Augusta or Pebble Beach or somewhere, you know. Uh, you never know what it's going to turn into being. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. And it could, it could be good for golf, and then it could be bad. 
I just to me though, Stan, it's it's kind of like NAL, and y'all know yeah. that, y'all mean I don't like you because there again, I think you got. Like I said, the one guy I want to interview is Tosh Boyd. Now you got to make it happen for me because I want to know what makes him think he deserves that these kids deserve all the money that they're getting. <laughs> it's like you build a company. Like yeah. let's say I work for you, we do empowerment of peanuts, and I come to you and I say, "Listen, Tom Carroll starting another peanut company, but I only work two days, whereas I work with you for four. <laughs> for one, he gave me the chance to start working, or you gave me the chance to start working in the peanut business." It's the same as if he's going to offer me more money to go work with him. Yeah. You start the business, but I'm going to turn my back on you to go make yeah. more money. That's what live is. It's, it's it's Greg Norman feeling like he got left out. He goes to the Saudis. They give him the money and they start a league. I, well, I wish him well. I just don't – I won't be watching it. I, you, I mean, like I said, if you like sex, drugs, drug and roll, that's your tool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. One thing I did, I did forget to talk about was the Gamecocks baseball team. They end up number six now in the uh, rankings that came out today. <laughs> And uh, they take a big bite out of the Bulldogs, 14-5 to yesterday. They take two out of three games that are there, um, beginning another new uh, winning streak here to get it underway. But they have a tough, tough ever, matchup that is coming up as they go to Charlotte, going to take on North Carolina. This one, this one, you know, and then they get to take – it's a midweek game for them uh, on Tuesday against North Carolina. But they get number one LSU – Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's going to be a that, – that'll be a fun series there. Yeah. I'm not worried about North Carolina Coastal to call the heat out of them. Coastal beat them like a drum, and now we're going to get them too. But, Santa, are we, are we still worried? Like last year I was worried about the name Yardcocks, that we're only, we're only worried about one thing. Are we playing consistent? Like small ball, pitching's I, great this I, year. I, we, we've won some games, especially in the SEC matchups that we've had. We've had to come back and, and win ball games with base hits. Now – yeah, the Georgia series, yeah, we came out and we lit the scoreboard up with home run after home run. After. And we are continuing that. I mean, we're leading the nation in home runs. So, you know, I think that's going to be a trend. I mean, and that just make – and I think a lot of that is coming from better preparation with the pitch clock. Yeah. Another thing that – a lot of people aren't seeing, but what I started noticing is with this pitch clock now, all of a sudden there are more players seem to be stealing more bases. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. Because he knows that when you get to first and you take your lead and you can see that clock in the mm -hmm. outfield and it gets down to five, six seconds, that pitcher doesn't have time to look over to you to hold you on base, you're going to start taking your jump at five seconds. He hadn't, even, he hadn't even started his motion to deliver yet, but his eyes and all are going toward the catcher. You're getting a jump on him. And that goes and, back and to – And you're going to be halfway to first – I mean, the second before the ball even leaves the pitcher's hand. Baseball's always been a sport about – that I've always thought it was about offense. Yeah. And, and there were rules that favored that. Do y'all think that that clock is going to favor – it favors offenses now? It favors It doesn't offense. favor pitching at all. No. And I think that's it's – we already see it. It's not really working in major well, leagues. Well, We've depends. seen some problems in major league baseball. Well, well the thing is, with your, with your batters, the, the, when you – the batters have to get ready before they get in the box. They can step out, but they got to be – when they put both feet in, they got to be ready for that pitch. And they got to know the pitch is coming. The pitcher is going to look at his watch or look at his little sign card or whatever. 
he's going to get his pitch. There's not going to be a lot of changing and calls. If you call a fastball on the inside corner as a coach, you probably called it 10 seconds into the clock. Pitcher don't, you know, he can't be sitting there shaking his head. No, coach, I don't know. Oh, well, I got a runner on first. I got to check him. Well, I do that one time. Well, that clock's still ticking. So now I got to get, I got to get, coach, I got to get set on the rubber. I got to deliver this pitch. Next thing you know, the guy's going from first to second. The batter's in the box. He's waiting on it. Here it comes. He hits a basically a a single that puts a where the guy should have been stopping the second. He's already hitting second. He's going to third. Now you at first and third. So I, I, I like I the think clock it's gonna be for yeah. one reason. It takes guys like I used to do get in the box and got to do all my pretty prints and shaking my tail and all that. It takes that out of the game. You get your butt in the box, get your gloves set before you get in there and be ready to hit be the ball. Be ready to hit the ball. Um, I just – I and, and it's funny that I say that because I'm an offensive guy. I like run, score. I'm not a pitch. You're a defensive guy. And for, if it was me and I was, I'm the defensive guy, I don't like it now because it takes away from pitching to me and the defensive side of the ball. It gives the advantage to the offense again. Because like I say – if you if you're watching that clock, you know exactly when he's gonna throw that ball. Just about. Just, but but the thing is too, I think, and this is you're gonna see a transition, and the the coaching staffs that have worked with their pitchers in the off season, and said, okay, this we're gonna pitch fast. I'm gonna and the coaches practice this too, getting the getting the pitch call to the pitcher. And tell him, look, once you look at your watch and you see what pitch, if I got fastball on the inside corner, go ahead, toe the rubber and get the ball out of your hand. Don't give the batter time to really get comfortable in the box. Go ahead and be slinging. He's, the batter can see the clock too. And he's thinking, well, he's going to wait a little bit. He might not be ready for that fastball coming at 92 mile an hour on his hands. <laughs> You know, I mean, and so it. I see good and bad with both of it, but it's speeding the game up. And I think the, and that's the what it was for. that that time limit from the it, it, end of play to first pitch being so many minutes. It's been about that's twenty twenty five minutes has been the biggest difference yeah. in the in the games. And that and that means going from a three and a half hour game to a three hour game. Yeah, a three hour game to a two and a half. That that makes it a whole lot easier to go. And sit and watch a ball game. It was needed. I'm not. And yeah. I'm what not the, what it what it hurts is the daddy that takes the sun, and all of a sudden, there's no time for daddy to get up and go get the sun <laughs> ice cream and popcorn because the game's going on. You scared you go if you get up and go to the cassette stand, you're gonna miss something. It has been fun to watch here so far, and Atlanta Braves doing well yep. in the process of all this. Um, uh, they. Took, uh, what, two out of three uh, against Washington. Washington won last night uh, in the process. They get uh, the Cardinals tonight. 745 should be a fun one there. Charlie Morton back on the mound after straining that hamstring a little bit. It's going to be interesting to watch him and see where, how he does, but he'll be taking on Wolford for for uh, the Cardinals in this one. The Cardinals have always played Atlanta tough. They too, have. So. And your Marlins did well. They took uh, one out of three <laughs> against the Mets. I was hoping they'd take a few more.
anymore. But I was too. That's the team I've just come to despise. But anyway, that's because I got buddies <laughs> that think that the Mets are world beaters. So, um, yeah, you know, I, there again, I, I will be better off. I, I just wish Derek would just say, "I'm tired of baseball," and just decide. You know what? I'm not very good as a manager or as an owner. And you know, let's sell this team. Give them to a team that. Did. I mean, we. I tell you what's different this year. We got fans coming to the stadium. That's different. We've been having teams that had, and like we talked about earlier, I asked you a question. I I tell you, I got to need my moderns. I didn't realize they had National League batting champ last year. I knew they and had the side guy. Pitcher, I knew they yeah. had the guy that won the side, but I had no idea that the guy had the batting chap, and I still don't know his name. So that's how good I follow my team. <laughs> I, I just I can't. It's that that's it comes on and I'm like, do I want to watch the Braves play? And you start watching the game, and it's like, you know, I'm out. <laughs> well, I think I think now though that that you're talking about attendance too. I think you will see the attendance numbers going up with the games being shortened the way they are. The the interest to see what all these changes, not only in collegiate game, but in the pro game too. And you're going to see attendance numbers going up, I think. I mean, I think people have already shown. I mean, like I said, after the last two years we've had, man, people want to get out and do something with the family. And the thing is they got to do is they got to continue to make it where financially teams can do this. Right. Uh, you can take a family of four to watch a baseball game, and I don't know where that rates right now. I know in the college side it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's not a whole – it's, it's a fairly cheap ticket to take a kid to a game or, or a family to get into the game. I don't know about it, the – usually NFL and, and in NBA and MLB is the parking is what causes the biggest – The biggest problem. Price. I mean, I mean – so, like that, I hope it's going to be a good year in baseball. Let's see how it goes. I think we're going to be pretty good. Well, we can we can see the bananas play, and oh, we're going to see them bacon, bacon, and we got to watch the bacon <laughs> we're and get bananas. Pigs. We're, we're going this year. I, <laughs> I don't care what we're going to a game. So no, we're going to just be ready. We're dragging you with us. We're going to be yeah. there because, like I said, I'm going to call a guy at Luther Field, Luther Williams Field and and Macon, and that's a long ride, but we, we'll not that bad because he's already invited us into the in the press box. So that's the one good thing. I said, like, well, I ain't calling crap, but I said, like, I'll be glad to sit in press box with you. But anyway, we wanted, I definitely uh, specified bananas and bacon. So, All right. So we'll that'll see. be fun this summer. Turning our eyes now towards the uh, high school action and what's going on. The big news nine schools still searching for a head football coach. <laughs> Every time you turn around. There. Uh, I will say this, though Rich Springs' assistant, uh, if you know him, Stephen Burris, remember that name? Yeah. Well, he is headed. He's going to take over the Lamar job. Oh, well, yeah. So I, I think I it was 10 one. last week. It's 9 this week. Yeah. Uh, but he gets the Lamar job uh, in Class A, a powerhouse that is down there. He's looking – I mean, his main reason for taking the job that he stated in the state newspaper was – Tradition. They've already established that tradition oh, that yeah. is down there, so he'll have an opportunity to continue that on uh, in the process. Lamar's coming off a 9-4 and four season. They lost to state runner-up Johnsonville in the third round of the playoffs, so he's looking to, to build on for that. And, you know, he, he's – he was hoping for a Class 4A, Class 5A kind of job. Um, he interviewed and was in for the Conway job, the Sockestee job, uh, the uh, you know, and a couple other big jobs that were out there this year. He just was the runner-up to it. The Aiken job, he was the runner-up to that one as well. Um, so, he, I mean, he's he's one that a lot of schools have been looking at. I think Lamar hit a home run on this one. I did too, I think, and that's the reason I think that that's why he took that job. He, he was turned down by some other schools. Now what you do is you go out and set your pedigree to, at, a, at a school like a Lamar who's been a pain in the size of Lakeland's teams in, a, in Class A football. McCormick, Warchol, they've always been that team that's put us out of the playoffs. 
you go and you do that there, and I don't think there'd be no question that that three, four, eight, five, eight job you want to come calling in three, it's, four, eight. Especially if, if the ones that hired this year, and they look back and they say, well, he had his resume in. We looked at it. Why did we not choose? Why did we pick this guy over this guy? Oh, yeah. What what made the difference? Well, maybe this guy that we picked, maybe he was an alumnus or maybe he was on the staff. But in hindsight, which you, we can't do, but in hindsight, the guy was not ready for that. And this guy is. And this guy was. And this is the guy we should have taken. And now we got to go try to get him. We followed every one of these hires, and we were all stunned that it took as long as it did for these hires by Amber. And they were talking about that it does – what we, we we talked about is they waited, and they hit the home run hires. Yeah. That's what he waited for, a school that, that showed him interest, and it was Lamar, and he's like, I'm jumping. Mm-hmm. I think next year I probably could go to a 4-5A, yeah. but I'm going to go ahead and get my, my feet wet, get, get it under my – a head coaching job under my wings – and I, like I said, who knows? You, we talking about Dorman. We talking about Conway. We talking about all these schools that with Barnwell with new coaches. There'll be if, if it, like you said, Sam. If it don't pan out, there's gonna be a lot of teams looking next year. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see Blythewood. By the way, still looking for a new head coach. And that's uh, who I thought he would have gone to. I, I, I can't. I can't understand that. Yeah, that was the that was the school weird, I thought he would go to. Weird's going on there. Because he was like, a candidate. Yeah. And so instead of him being still in a race for that job at Blythewood, he takes Lamar. That's a little something's up. Tom's right. I just, I just wonder if the Blythewood job, if they had somebody in mind that they really wanted and they didn't pull the trigger quick enough and the guy got over here to somewhere else and now they're having to try to refigure and no, nobody, the puzzle pieces aren't fitting together the way they wanted them to. I figure Scott Burns would have walked into it. He's the OC at at Blythewood. I figured he'd have walked into it, but he still may. You never know. I mean, yeah, he could, but I mean, if, if I see your guy, you want to go with. I mean, I, go but, ahead and give it to him. What but, you waiting on? But there again, there's not any big name high school guys out there, so you're right. Why wait now? Yeah. You've already you're the last one to hire yeah, almost. Yeah, 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 I yeah. mean, you got left. There's nine left. Well, you got plenty of time. <laughs> there, but there's still nine left. I mean, that's the key. But, but the thing is, like like I said, if if you I mean, if you're trying to put a team together. I mean, you're in the you spring ball. You're running out of time, though. I mean. You, you're getting ready for spring ball. We got seven on and seven got, starting in June. I mean, Matthew Bennett got, right now is trying to get his staff together. So. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, nobody is. I mean, you've got to get that coach in there. And those nine schools out there, there's got to be somebody in there list of resumes you got and maybe they've already taken jobs and now you're down to your second third fourth pick but you better go ahead and pick something you only got in all seriousness and we're joking now it's april okay it's april um you're running short on time because like i said i just said seven on sevens is in june yeah. spring you know, your, your spring practice is fitting to hit your spring game's fixing to hit not too far yeah, away may, yeah. and without a coach how do you even have a spring game Assistant's going to run it for you, I guess. Well, if you're going to allow the assistant to run the spring practice, that's what I'm going to say. And and the spring game, just like you said with those C at Blythewood, (laughs) take that interim label off and go ahead and say you're the head man. And if if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Maybe maybe these schools are trying to make up their mind. Do we do we go and we have athletic director and a football coach? Are we still trying to play the the Norm now is to have them separated. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the problem with some of these nine 
they hadn't got that separation yet, or they do have that separation, and the athletic director may not have come from a football background. Lord only knows he was a basketball coach or a track coach or somebody. Oh, or it may be a female that's in charge of the whole athlete, and it's her responsibility to find a football coach. <laughs> and she's looking for something particular on that resume that she's not seeing. Yeah. Could be. Like I said, we got one more, we got a Thursday coming up. You might have we'll me see something. We'll see what happens now. Yeah. You might have me something in three days. <laughs> also, the Shrine Bowl of the Carolinas, remember that group? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they got a lot of good players. Well, they have announced uh, the South Carolina staff for 2023. Head football coach is going to be Wayne Farmer out of Calhoun County. Uh, assistant coaches are Russell Blackston out of BHP. You got Gilbert's Chad Leapart, Not which is another great hire there between those two guys. Chester's Victor Floyd. You've got Brooklyn Casey's Reed Charpia, uh, Carlisle Kuntz out of Hartsville, and James Breland out of Sumter will be the uh, assistant coaches. That's a good so, staff. Yeah, pretty good staff. Only missing uh, maybe a Tad Debose or a Chris Liner out. How about how about if you're <laughs> how about if you are like you were just talking about Blythewood. You're in that little area with Lexington and Columbia counties, anyway. Why not a Chadley Pole from Gilbert? Look what he's done at Gilbert. Yeah, I mean maybe the, maybe their aspirations are too high of a coach. They want a guy like a Chad, but they just haven't made that call to to Gilbert. I don't think Gilbert would let him go. I think he's making pretty good money at Gilbert, and he likes Gilbert. But look at what he's done there. I mean, that's the pedigree you look for when you need a head coach to are, start are, something new. Are they are they looking for that Dutch Fort type coach? Looking for a uh, um, there, you know. I go to North Carolina, I guess, and get yeah, another yeah. <laughs> diamond in the rub. Those are hard to find, though. Or go to Georgia and get one or somewhere, you, you know. Well, there's a Greenwood guy at Sandy Springs. There yeah. is. <laughs> there is. <laughs> we get to go all the way there. There's right one down at Beaufort that yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, darn good as well. Pretty good coach. So they just don't call nobody back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I mean, yeah, Your you're right. Not Tom Carroll, he, he, right? You're right. <laughs> you will be taking that role on that. Uh, that will be a Carolina Tavern trip for for the Lakeland Sports guys, also. So, mm. but yeah, there there guys out there. I mean, like I said, if you, I mean, you know what you got. But like you said, Sam, maybe it is a new AD has come in and don't know the program, don't know the assistant coaches, don't know anything else, and you got to look at all the intangibles. I mean, you know you. I don't know. I just see it. You just called out that name, Chad Leepole. And then you got the guy at BC that won the Greenwood job. What's yeah. the name? Rusty um, Chapea, something like that. Yeah, yeah There's there's one at BC, at Brooklyn Casey, that, you know, to me, Blythewood's a better job than BC. I would think. I would think. Um, so, I mean, Blythewood's not a bad job. I, I'll just go out there and say that. It's the biggest school that's out there that's still remaining to find a head coach. Be ready. You want to coach um, football? Oh, Let's see what happens. He said he don't have it in him. I'm going to get you the Blythewood job. We'll see. Well, Palmetto's still open. That's uh, uh, And Ridge Springs Bonetta is the latest that was open as their head coach ended up moving on, uh, Brian Smith. So What about Squeaky Watson? Let's call and see what he's doing. <laughs> he can go home to Palmetto. He might. He might. All right, uh, Emerald Baseball, they had a big win uh, over the course of this w- past weekend. The Vikings uh, had a region game, ended up 12-8, the win over Chester in this one. Maddox Moore, another great uh, job on the mound uh, and hitting as well. Braylon Jones went 2-3, Will Howard 2-4 uh, in a home run. Tucker Meredith went 2-4 in the Vikings. They get, uh, matter of fact, the Gilbert Indians yeah. uh, versus today. Uh, Midland Valley today as well. I saw them setting it up there. The horn was being out in the all, rain. All these, all these Lakeland teams with Greenwood and Emerald, 
both of them have shown that they've got pitching staffs. And better than that, they've shown that they can hit the ball and that they're going to be a dangerous team down the road. What's well, telling me this year at Greenwood and at Emerald is the fact that you've got pitchers that can hit also. Yeah. So when you got Andrew Driver pitching on the mound, he, he may the next day he may can play first base or outfield. You know, Maddox Moore is the same way. He play outfield or pitcher. And it, you, you don't see that all the time around the Lakelands at all. And I would imagine it's probably at most of the schools around here. We just yeah. haven't noticed it because they're not getting the – that look like where Shoals and some of the, and McCormick and some of those teams. I don't think I've seen a McCormick score in a while. I need to look at it and see what's going on with the Chiefs and would you check the Hornets out and see what's going on in the Lakelands. Because they, they don't really play for some reason. They don't play ninety six Emerald or Greenwood. We really don't have a whole lot to. <laughs> they're playing Fox Creek every weekend, cutting it. So, uh, but anyway, you're right, Stan. I think we're in for another good year, just like with wrestling, baseball, same thing. Yep. Same way around. So. Mm-hmm. And ladies softball, the Lady Eagles, uh, Greenwood High, no trouble against the Maria Bulldogs, thirteen two on Saturday, um, as they came out uh, and just dominated. The Lady Eagles tallied fourteen hits. Uh, in the course of this game to go along with it. And they stole 10 bases during the game. Um, two players had stolen two or more bases to go along with it. So they just say ran all over the Bulldogs, as you would say. <laughs> that, they did. <laughs> and like I said, they're, those, the softball teams are doing exactly what the baseball teams are doing. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we haven't talked a whole lot about Miss Sam over here. No, we Do west of what. But like I said, we got to see what the Dixie girls are doing out there, uh, see where they're at and where they rank it at. And still got to make them trips around and see what we can meet some of these folks. And luckily we got a little bit of time left to do it before the seasons are over. But like I said, there's a lot of internet. Like I said, if you want something to do, man, get out and watch your high school baseball and, and college and, you know, baseballs and softballs, too, because it's a lot of talent out there There's a lot of everywhere. great games that are out there. Um, and, by the way, for those of you that are Dave Fesler fans, remember he was the voice uh, of the morning show over at Sunny for, gosh, who knows how many years. Good news, he passed his real estate exam. He is now an official realtor. He is uh, going to be oh. part of the Home Sold Guarantee Realty in Greenwood is where he'll be. So if you're looking to sell, maybe looking to buy, um, go ahead and give, give those guys a call. Ask for Dave. He'll, he'll, sure be he'll be perfect. He'll He's be, got contacts. Man, he, he will he will set you up <laughs> with the best we'll, deal we'll, we'll be hearing a lot of him on the radio. He'll be doing commercials. <laughs> he will. You're right. So we'll see. We know he did a lot with Keller Lawrence in the yeah. process of all that. Keller so. may get booted to the side <laughs> on, at 103 now. <laughs> wow. All right, come out and see B-Rat. He's got everything getting kicked up, ready to go here for happy hour. That's Stan Spivey, Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakes of Sports Guys.